This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Thanks for joining us today. I have a very special guest on our podcast and welcome to all of our listeners. 2024 is still relatively new. Uh, I promised this year that we were going to be doing some things uh, content-wise that would definitely educate you. Um, Our goal with the podcast at Wisconsin Real Estate Today is to make sure that our listeners are getting value from our episodes, but also making sure that you understand everything about real estate that you either care to know, maybe didn't want to know, but we think it's important that we need to throw out. So today, I'm joined by Sam Walker. He is the City of Waukesha uh, assessor, and that's a big role. Yes, it is. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. So, um, for those of you who are not familiar, because we do have out-of-state listeners, Waukesha is the county seat for Waukesha County, uh, probably one of the better well-to-do counties in Wisconsin, as far as um, a lot of things. But just west of Milwaukee, we're maybe 25 minutes west of the city of Milwaukee, uh, right off the interstate. But uh, also my hometown. So I grew up on the north side of Waukesha. So I, of course, like talking Waukesha. You guys have had some challenges as a city over the last several years. And um, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. We'll talk a little bit about the city. And then uh, what I would like to cover today for our listeners is the role of the assessor's office, but also some of the myths and some of the common questions that you guys get. And especially when you do a a reassessment or uh, values go up, taxes go up. You guys get a lot of calls, I'm sure. That we do, yes. So hopefully this uh, podcast will also help alleviate some of the confusion that goes into this. Um, And then, uh, by the way, you graciously offered to um, join us on one of our sales meetings coming up and just talk via Zoom with our agents about, you know, question and answer. So that makes us better. We appreciate that. So introduce yourself. Um, You didn't grow up here. I learned that. No. No, so uh, I started my career in Indiana. Um, in 2007, I was the chief deputy for the Wayne Township Assessor's Office in uh, Allen County, which is Fort Wayne. Um, our population in Fort Wayne was about, I think, 250,000. Um, we had about 50,000 properties within the township. I was there uh, probably. I'm going to say eight years as the chief deputy, I I transferred to Arkansas where I became the director of reappraisals for Pulaski County. And that is uh, Little Rock. So the biggest County in Arkansas, we had about about 180,000 parcels um, ranging everywhere from, you know, residential, commercial utility manufacturing. Um, And I was there for five years and then I got the, called to come back to the Midwest. Um, I'm Midwest born and raised, so I wanted to get back here. I missed the snow, ironically enough. Uh, and when this position opened up, I, I jumped on it. And I've been here since uh, August of 2020 as the city assessor. Welcome. Yeah. So in that time, you've watched the city completely change its water source Yes. Uh, from Lake Michigan water. That's been obviously a talk for years. Extremely expensive uh, venture when you're trucking water in from 
you know, what seems to be not too far away, but underground piping that never existed and all that other stuff. And then when you got here, um, give me kind of the state of where the whole um, assessment was in Waukesha. So in Waukesha, historically, we've done reappraisals every two years, every odd number year, we have typically done one. Uh, so the when I came in 2020, they did a reevaluation re in uh, 2019. And then my predecessor left and I came on board. Um, we had expected to do a reval in 2021. But the software that I came into was not one that I could really utilize to develop values that really I could hang my hat on. Um, the, the program itself was, was lacking pretty significantly. It didn't have a real good sales comparison approach. It didn't have a cost approach. Like two of the main approaches to value that assessors use were very inadequate in this, in this program. So I talked to my city administrator at the time to postpone it until 2023. Um, so in 2020, our assessment level was still within compliance. We were at 95%. We have to be between 90 and 110% of market value. And then the market just exploded. You know, that all of these uh, properties were selling 30, 40, $50,000 higher than what they're listed for without, you know, appraisal contingencies, waiving inspections. So, from 2020 to 2021, our ratio dropped to just over 87%. And then in 2022, it dropped even further to 78.5%. Oh, wow. Which goes to show, you know, the ratio indicates where our values are compared to the markets. If it's under 100%, we're undervalued. If it's over 100%, we're overvalued. So the higher these properties are selling for and the fact that our values have stayed stagnant then our ratio just kept dropping and dropping so in 2023 you know we were out of compliance for two years so we decided you know we needed new software i went through our council and we you know sent bids out we got software that was really robust at least compared to what we had been using in the past um and we had some really good uh, on-site training with the vendor, and we knew we could do a reval with this. So in 2023, we hit the ground running. January 1st, we started on the new software, and the first test was the revaluation. Well, wow. feet to the fire. Very much and, so. And I, I mean, I can only imagine how busy that was and how much work goes into that. Um, I think there's a common misconception in what government does sometimes and the fiscal responsibility they have to their constituents. So, you know, contrary to what some people might think, you don't have unlimited resources. No. You have a finite amount, you have a budget, you have to live within that budget. And and I would imagine that finding that software made everything easier from that point forward. Very much so. And, and we had several options that we could go with. Um, some of them were much more expensive. Um, and, you know, they had some extra, you know, kind of cool little um, bells and whistles. Bells and gadgets. whistles, yes. Uh, but to just. Those are tempting. They are, but to justify 
spending three to four times more for a software, I mean, are we going to get the cost benefit out of it? Right. Where the program that, that we chose did what we needed it to do, and it did have some extra, you know, some extras to it that we could utilize. So, you know, we, we did spend significantly less than, you know, these other programs that were out there, but it allowed us to do what we needed it to do when we needed to do it. So out of curiosity, I just thought of this question. Does that sync with sales data through like the register of deeds office or how, how do you, does it automatically pull that data in? I can't imagine you doing that by hand. We actually do do it by hand. Um, once a week we get sales information from the county oh, you do? Um, okay. with all of the deeds that we go through. Um, I've got a clerical assistant who goes through all of those deeds, updates all of the ownership records and the sale amounts. And then our appraisers verify those sales before they're used in, you know, any sort of valuation. Cause right. we want to make sure that they are indicative of what the market is doing. They're not, you know, relative sales or, you know, low ball sales or, or something along those lines. We want to make sure they're true arm's length. Right. And by arm's length, we mean that, you know, you're not selling it to your cousin. Correct. For much cheaper yeah. than really what it's worth. Yeah. You want it on the open market to all potential buyers. And, you know, we want to make sure that those sales, you know, if, if that sale is the value of that property, then we need to make sure that, okay, it was on the market for, you know, a, a good amount of time, depending on how the market is acting. Um, it isn't sold to people who either know the property or know the owners. It's not uh, odd financing. There's no additional personal property that was included. You know, we have to look through all of this stuff to make sure that those sales are, are true market sales. Right. Well, and every sale is different. I mean, we know that um, in my end of things. But I think what I've learned since we've started talking, which was about a, maybe three, four weeks ago or so, um, how connected you are to real estate, and you have to be. Yeah. Um, the role of the assessor's office, if you had to summarize it in a couple sentences, if I had to guess, it would be to maintain proper values of the properties, which are then, and we'll talk about how taxes are are figured out, you know, how they're calculated, maybe in a second. Okay. <laughs> but in a but what what would you say is your general role for people to understand in in what the assessor's office does? We inventory all of the real estate within the city, um, and then we use that information to estimate the market value for those properties. That, in a nutshell, is is pretty much what we do. We we look at the property and we determine okay. We don't determine the value or determine the market value. We just interpret what the market is doing to set the values accordingly. For sure. So people don't like paying taxes. We all realize that. No. Um, but the services that the city offers and the town, the county, the schools, that, that's all in there. I think it's always fair to point out when we talk about taxes is that it's not the city. And oftentimes it's not the majority of the taxes that people are paying to the municipality. You have to account for, you know, like in the city of Waukesha, you have Waukesha Public Schools. But I use Pewaukee as an example, another suburb in Milwaukee, where you have five different school districts. And so those taxing amounts are different. So let's get into how a tax is determined. 
So there's four different taxing authorities within the city of Waukesha. There's the city, there's the school, the county, and then the technical college. Those four make up what uh, the budget or the total levy for that is used to determine property taxes. Um, the city is usually on the higher end, but not more than half. So the city and the schools are really the two that that take up the majority of the property taxes because we rely heavily on local sources of income. The county, the technical college, they do get a cut out of it. Um, and it's important to, to know that they have taxing authority. Yes. You know, that they can determine their taxes within certain parameters, either established by the state or government. Correct. So when they... I mean, they just can't say we want 20% more and it's done. There's there's processes. But yeah. still, yeah. you're not the only one that's... Having that, they don't come to the city of Waukesha and say, "Hey guys, can you get us another three percent?" Correct. Yeah, and you know, I, I can speak only so far into the taxes because that's to, that's not my wheelhouse. It is, um, but I say that a lot. <laughs> when I don't want to be blamed for something, it's somebody else's pay grade. From 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 my understanding, you know, the city, the school, the county, and the technical college will set their budgets, and then those levies are then split up between the authorities in those areas because obviously the county is going to get money from not just Waukesha they're going to get it from Pewaukee and New Berlin um, the school district um, I'm not entirely sure if it's just within the city or if it goes out into the town or the village um, but that entire levy is then to you know put into the pots of each municipality to determine what that tax rate is based on the levy that uh, or the budget that they're levying for the city. So, and we talked about this before we went on, um, on this air here, you can have different mill rates, different taxing rates, ratios, if you will, um, across the, the community. And I use Pewaukee as another example, because you have Kettle Moraine, Pewaukee schools, Waukesha schools. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing one or two. I thought there were five. Uh, Arrowhead is one of them. And those all have different taxing authorities, different mill rates, if you will. Yes. So in the simplest of terms, it's not as easy as just determining, well, what is Waukesha's tax rate? Correct. And it gets complicated. Yeah, and, and thankfully, we only have those four authorities. You know, if we had more than one school district or, you know, like Milwaukee, they actually cross a little bit into Waukesha County. You know, so when you get multiple different And, tax, and uh, Washington County. Yeah. So when you get multiple different pockets of taxing authorities, it can get very complex and complicated. Um, I give a lot of credit to the city clerks and treasurers who have to calculate those tax rates because that's complicated at best to determine how much each pocket of properties is contributing towards the levy itself. So you, uh, and we're going to get to myths because I think that's, I, <laughs> you're probably going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, but I, I have in front of me the report that you published and I thought it was awesome. And anybody that contacts me through our Facebook page or on the website, you can email us at info at soldwisconsin.com. We'll send you a copy of Sam's um, report. Well done, by the way. Thank you. 
And in this letter, it's an intro letter that you drafted, it looks like. Um, in 2019, the market hits, and, and I'm quoting this, since the last citywide reevaluation in 2019, the market has significantly changed. The average single family dwelling in 2018, which was because we pay our taxes in arrears, um, the value is kind of moving forward, so to speak, but it was 219,200. And you fast forward three years later, and it was 308,800. So, Let's get into some of the myths. If your taxes go up, and maybe we should talk about the process as well, how that kind of works, because you ran through it in your timeline and your and your um, in your guide here for mm-hmm. for consumers for your for your for your residents. Correct. You get the assessments, the new assessment in roughly what April ish. In a good year, yes. Okay. Um, I think last year it was in May because with the reval, there was so much more work that needed to be done to, to get the values finalized. So we'll just say spring. Yeah. So you get your reevaluation in spring. Um, and I, <laughs> maybe this is a myth question as well. If the value goes down, people get upset because they think their market value went down when maybe it didn't. You know, if they actually sold the property, it might not go down. But most of them go up because property values are going up. And... I think one of the myths is, hey, if my property value just went up $30,000, oh my God, my taxes are going to go up a ton. Yeah. Common myth. It is a very common myth. And it's something that we heard constantly through Open Book and Board of Review and even afterwards. Because Open Book comes after everything's mailed. They have an opportunity to come in and examine all the sales. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when we issue the notices, um, we uh, had Open Book for... I think it was three, three to four weeks for taxpayers to contact us, um, to come in and visit us, to go through all the information. Um, a lot of it was just education because they just wanted to know why did it increase? Uh, once open book was finished, then we move into the board of review, which are the formal appeals, um, that get heard before, you know, a there's a panel of five taxpayers in the county that hear these cases. Um, but like I said, for the most part, it's all educational. You know, they, they want to know why did it increase? What is it? What is this going to do to my taxes? That was one of the big questions. What is this going to do to my taxes? And we don't know. Well, I was gonna say, you don't know until the end of the year, really. Yeah. Cause just because a property, you know, we could have added fifty, sixty thousand dollars to their assessed value. That doesn't mean that the city, the county, they can capture that value in taxes because they, the state only allows the budgets to be increased a certain percentage based on net new construction or shared revenue, and that's way out of my wheelhouse there. Um, but yeah, just because the value increases doesn't mean the taxes are going to increase as well. Because I've run across, you know, once the dust settled and the tax bills were issued, we were seeing tax bills decrease even though the values increased. So it just depends on where you fall within, um, like how fast your value increased or how much it increased over um, the average of the city. Well, and for a while, and I would say over the last 10 plus years, maybe, a lot of new construction, especially in the south part of, of the city, 
there were annexations from, at that time, the town of Waukesha, um, a border agreement with Pewaukee, you know, kind of maybe 15, 20 years ago. Now it's dating myself. <laughs> so there's been a lot of things that have happened. And when you add more tax base, in theory, it kind of probably controls that that those increases a little bit, I would guess. Yeah, because and the, then it depends. The there's no black and white answers here. No, no. But for the most part, you know, any new construction is going to have the biggest brunt of the burden because they're coming from a very, very low taxing amount. You know, if we're just looking at land value, that's very minimal compared to when a property is improved. So once we capture all of that new construction, you know, if if when the levy is increased, they're going to get the biggest increase of all. And then the, the remaining is kind of spread around to the other properties. Well, and then, I mean, I won't even bring in commercial and all that other stuff into how that affects the tax base. <laughs> but uh, you have on, I think it's maybe like the fourth page, you have a, an example. It's a chart. It says relationship between assessments and taxes. And you have a note on the bottom that's underlined and in bold that from my education days, that means that's important because <laughs> um, you, you not only underlined it, you bolded it. <laughs> you made it bold. But it says there is no one-to-one correlation between the change in property value and the resulting property taxes. So just to summarize, common myth, if your assessment went down, your taxes may not go down. They may go up. Correct. And if your value, your assessed value went up, your taxes might actually go down. Yeah. Well, so it always happen. And and the the example that I always go back to is, you know, when we hit the recession back in, you know, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, I was in Indiana and we saw areas tank in values because of what the market was doing. So our values decreased in the city because of what was going on. Some of those residents, even though their values decreased, they saw an increase in their taxes because the tax rates, and, and I don't want to step out of my comfort zone here, but the taxes don't really care what's going on in the market. They need, the, the city and the county, they need to be able to operate and they will just levy the taxes based on what the values are. If the values decreased, that tax rate is probably going to increase and vice versa, like what we just saw last year. You know, we increased our the city by I think it was like thirty five to forty percent. I think it had forty one percent in there, if I remember right. Yeah, and the tax rate went from uh, it was like twenty twenty dollars per thousand last year to fifteen dollars. So the tax rate got cut by a quarter because we increased you know the value. So you can't really judge what your taxes are going to do just based on the change in the value. How many times in a year do you think you hear my taxes are too high? More About than 4, I can 000? count. More <laughs> than I can count. Mostly when we send notices and then when tax bills go out. So twice a year we get hit with calls complaining about taxes. And it's mostly taxes, not value, unless it's a revaluation re year. And then then we have to start answering questions about you know the values that we set. Uh, I wanted to add a little levity there um, <laughs> because I'm sure you're it all the time. So you have uh, another page in this guide, which is why I liked it so much. Uh, five fact checks about 
assessments. And you have a myth column and a fact column. And so let's just fly through some of those that assessors raise property values to collect more taxes. That's an absolute myth. Yeah. And you don't. You don't no. establish the governing. I have nothing rates. to do with the taxes. I, f professionally speaking, from my position, I don't care what the taxes do because that is not my responsibility. It's not my, you know, I am only here to value the properties. What happens after that is out of my control. Right. I mean, you're not going door to door and asking people for money. No, no. <laughs> like they used to years ago. <laughs> Boy, what a job, huh? No, I, I'm very bad at fundraising, so that would not happen. <laughs> my wife's not. Uh, my, my daughter did a fundraiser for her school in Merton, and my wife contributed, and she got on me because I didn't also contribute. And I said, every <laughs> night I come home, and we're still together here, and you know, it's not like I'm living in a different home. <laughs> Why would we both do that? Anyway, I had to do it this morning. Um, so another myth, assessed values uh, only go up, they never go down. You've talked about that. You know that's not the case. Uh, the assessor didn't doesn't visit my house. They don't know the condition of my property. When the only time we really go out to visit properties is if there is a request for us to review it, if there's a permit for you know either new construction or demolition, if we get like a fire report um, or sales, you know, because with a staff of five, it's impractical for us to try to visit the twenty-two thousand plus properties on a consistent basis. So. We've, and Waukesha's population is roughly 78,000. Let's just call it, yeah. you know, give or take. And you have five people. Yes. People probably think you have 30. I could use 30. Yeah. Actually, I could. I don't I know if people want to give I would, you 30. I would, be comfortable with, I would be comfortable with six, honestly. Doing more with less, right? Exactly. This, and, and, and I think most of our listeners know this. I, I, I was in law enforcement. Plus, I was a teacher. Worked for, you know, for MATC, WCTC, some of the taxing authorities you guys just talked about. And there's more cases of fiscal financial, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They manage money better than most people think. Yeah, because we have to. You have to. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You don't print it. Um, my neighbor's house is the same as mine, but I am assessed more. That's a good one to answer. Yeah, and, and that's something that we hear consistently sometimes especially in these cookie cutter neighborhoods but when we're looking at the data from house to house you know one might have partial finish in their basement someone might have an extra bathroom someone might have rec room or a walkout you know they may look the same or you know may appear the same on paper but when you're looking at the data that we collected through the new construction permits we're picking up all of the data and so there is going to be a little bit of differences unless, you know, it is very specifically equal. But then even at that, one property might deteriorate a little bit quicker or slower. They may update on one and not the other. So I have never seen two properties identical before. Well, and they can't be. I mean, I say this all the time that homes are like people. Right? There's no two the same. And even twins are markedly different. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you could have some of these homes that were built identical, maybe even in a row. You know, I'm thinking of some homes uh, that were built on Main Street, 
just east of the city. There's a row of homes there, maybe four or five or six that are almost identical, but they're going to have different values because upkeep, it's kind of like in my world when people say, well, the Zillow estimate for my house is 400. And I say, well, no, it's actually 375 or it's 425 or 450. Zillow will never know what updates or improvements or things you've disregarded over the years. It will never know what your proper what your neighbors did to maintain their property. It just goes by data. And a, and a lot of people were bringing up, you know, Zillow, Redfin, you know, Coldwell Banker, you know, the sites that estimate value. No, we don't use that C word there. Okay, my no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the, they but look you're at, right. They do, and, and they say, "Well, this is what it's saying," and you know, I don't know what the algorithm is that they use to determine what the values are. All I can say is, you know. We use the data that is available to us. We are the closest to the properties as opposed to a nationwide you know, company just running algorithms. Right. Um, so I don't put a lot of stock into what you know, the online yeah, world says. We don't either in our world for sure. When you have a person who gets their taxes, so those come you know, first, second year of December, Taxes come, people freak out. Um, oh my God, my taxes went up and they didn't expect it. They want to, I would imagine they'll want to call and then they want to fight the value. Yes. And, 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 and statutorily that can't happen. Correct. Once, so as the assessor, once I sign the assessment roll, it is out of my hands. So we set the values. We send the notices and then we hold the open book. The open book is our chance to perfect the assessment role. We can make any necessary changes that we need to. Once open book is closed and we make all those changes and I sign that affidavit, I cannot legally change the value. I can send it to the board of review. The board of review can change the value when they're in session. Right. But once board of review is done, the and value. we don't have anything with the board of review. That's just a correct. I think a civilian board. You said, yeah. So we have it's a five member board. We've got um, one or two attorneys. We've got at least one real estate um, resident, and then we've got like just homeowners or business owners. Okay. Yeah. So you have, I mean, you have a very you have a you have a, a panel. Yep. Made up of people from different backgrounds, but similar. And and it looks like here, because you put in your re- time, reevaluation timelines, you're pretty much done by by June. I mean, things are done. Correct. Yeah, this year was a little, or last year was a little different. I think our last board of review was in July, just because of the amount that we had. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, once, once the last board of review hearing is set and they adjourn for the year. That's it. That's done. I mean, we can't, I, I have no legal or statutory authority to go back and then alter that because that is not what I signed. Right. So as we kind of wrap this up, um, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time and, and really your service to the community too, because you're you're doing your job behind the scenes. You're not walking in the parade. No. <laughs> ever. I don't think people would like be cheering if we were walking. Down well, the you can walk behind us if you want. We got that Remax uh, balloon there every Christmas. <laughs> but um but I mean you do a necessary 
job in the city. And the whole purpose of it really is to fairly and accurately assess values. And I've always wondered, not that I'm saying you should do this, if a property's assessment is at, let's say, a city assessment, and I'm not saying walks, just in general, 300,000. We listed at 350, property sells at 375. When the sales data hits your desk through those weekly notifications, I think some people wonder, well, why don't they just reassess it to 375? Because that's exactly what the homeowner paid for it. Do you hear that question? Not, not particularly, unless we end up valuing the property higher. Um, once we get the sales and we look at the values, you know, the, if we're in a non-reval year, we have to look at the data that we used for the last revaluation. So like for instance, and this year we're just doing what's called a maintenance year. We're just doing the the permits and sales and whatnot. So when we set those values, they have to be based on January 1, 2023, because that was the last reval because otherwise one property is valued at, you know, 100%, whereas our ratio might be at 95. So there's going to be that disparity. So we have to make sure that it's tied back to the last revaluation year. Um, and, and we'll do that moving forward. Now, if the property sells for like 375, like you were saying, that sale will then get put into the pot for the next revaluation. And that's what will be used to determine those values the next round in 2025. I mean, I think sometimes if I can just speak to human behavior, um, we sometimes want to win and win and win and win and win, right? We want to get as much money as we can when we sell. We want to pay as little as possible when we buy after that. Maybe it's, you know, in conjunction with selling and buying. We don't want our taxes to go up any more than it should. We don't pull permits because we say, <laughs> well, we don't want the city to know about that. And if I had to guess, I would say 60 plus percent of people don't pull permits. I constantly advise against it. First of all, it is illegal. Second of all, it's, um, it's something that I would say you're kicking the can down the road on in many cases. But more importantly, the last thing you want is during a sale. And I know real estate agents might disagree with me on this one, but I'm always telling my people, if you're going to do something that requires a permit, go get it. Um, close it. It is the best thing to do. It is the, the right thing to do. It's the legal thing to do. But more importantly, it mitigates your liability after you sell. You know, if you did electrical work, it wasn't discovered during a home inspection, God forbid something really bad happened after the sale. You know, there was a fire. And maybe this is the old firefighter in me coming out, but, you know, that can end up bad. It can end up really bad. And so permits are part of it. When you improve the value of your property, it, inv it, it raises the value of your property in most cases. Yeah, I mean. Not, not always. A house is typically the biggest investment anyone is going to have. And so you want to make sure that you, you know, you improve it and you, you, you maintain it. You know, it's, it's going to, for the most part, appreciate year after year, unless, you know, something like the recession back in 06 to 08 happened. Typically, you'll, you'll see it just increase, and that's what you want. You don't want to have to pay on it, but like you said, when you go to sell it, you want to get, you want to get top dollar. And I can appreciate that being a homeowner myself. I am not 
a fan of paying taxes. I do it because it it's we need to, you know, we, if we want the same level of service, we all have to contribute. Right. My position as the assessor is just to make sure that it's spread out as equitably as possible. And if we're wrong, I I want someone to tell me because in my history as as an assessor, I have never looked down on appeals. I want them because that is our best way to make sure that we're doing the right work. If for some reason, you know, we have a neighborhood that has all these appeals in it or a certain style of property, we know something is off. We won't know that unless people come to us. You may not always get the right answer or you may not get the answer you you want, want, but I will provide anything and everything. And like we did for last year, I put everything out there on the website, you know, to be as transparent as possible because I knew it was going to be a big jump and it was going to be a big sticker shock, but I wanted people to see where it was coming from. But that should essentially level itself out this year. I mean, you should be seeing some of those same increases. Correct. Yeah. And and, I mean, you had a little catching up to do, so to speak. And you know, the sales that, that I've been seeing so far this year, for the most part have started to settle. There are a few odd and end ones that are still going up high. Um, I'll hop online to see like what is available out there. And we still don't have the inventory that we really need to be able to settle it. You're preaching to the choir. Love it. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, the truth is that going back to what you were just saying, and you said this to me when we first talked, you encourage people to get involved in this process. Yes, absolutely. It's, It's, I can't, I don't even want to know how many appeals you had, but it's a, it's, it's your residence, right? And that's what you're here for is to make sure those values are correct. And without sometimes an appeal, there might be one that might be too high or might be one that might even be too low. I doubt people think that their assessments are too low. They're appealing it. I don't think that happens. I, you'd be surprised. I would always be surprised um, with humans. A, a hand, a handful of times in my career, people have appealed because they thought it was too low, and half of those are because they're getting ready to sell. I suppose, um, but but yeah, I I encourage anyone and everyone to be informed, be you know, be part of the process. We can't do our job without them, you know we have to use the all of the information and data available that is available to us so when we reach out to either do field inspections or to ask questions about a sale it's just so that we can fine tune it as much as possible and being that you know we use mass appraisal instead of single property appraisal you know the statistics show that yes there's going to be properties higher properties are lower we want those people to contact us. I, I again, I, I don't really see the people below market really contacting us too much, but the people above market really need to, because that way it starts to shrink the gap to make sure that we're as uniform and equitable and fair as possible. Right. And and again, I mean, I on behalf of your residents, I mean, this is a well-run city. It's um, it's a great place to live. It's the hub of the county, you know, and, and you need that. All the county resources are right in the city. 
But um, I think this report, this 2023 City of Waukesha reevaluation summary, um, again, my guest Sam Walker, who put this together, the city assessor, I think you did a great job. And anybody that has uh, a need to look at this, I'm sure you're okay if I share that with people as well. Absolutely. Obviously. That's why we put it out there. So. But um, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's been fun getting to know you. What's your favorite thing about Waukesha? The people. It is, it, it, it's, we may be the seventh largest city in the state, but you really couldn't tell by the way people treat each other here. Like it's great getting out downtown and people are just, you know, they're so friendly and nice and welcoming and helpful. Like I couldn't have found a better place to settle honestly. And that's not just like trying to bribe or brag. I just, I really think that the people here are, are absolutely amazing. Well, you said at the beginning of the podcast, you want to get back to the Midwest and there's something about Midwest values that just, that really hit home it for is. me. And when you travel and you, you know, you meet other people who don't quite share those values, it's uh, it's, it's more apparent. <laughs> but again, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your time more than anything. Very much appreciate it. Um, it, guys, if you have questions, you know, reach out to his office. Uh, during the spring months, it gets a little bit busy, I'm sure. But have some patience and, and invest. Invest in your process. Invest. If you're not in the, the city of Waukesha, you're in a different municipality, and you want to talk to those people, they're, they're there. doesn't matter where you live. Um, Milwaukee might be a little bit tougher getting some one-on-one -on -one time, but uh, <laughs> hey, make an effort. Uh, and obviously for all of our listeners, continue to, to give us ideas for new podcasts and shows. And we're going to continue to do stuff uh, this year. You were the first uh, municipal guest and I, I appreciate you doing that. And um, well, I appreciate the, the opportunity. Yeah. We'll get the word out. Absolutely. All right, guys, until next time, thanks for joining. This is Wisconsin real estate today. This episode of Wisconsin real estate today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.